Today I'm from A to Ziggy. Anywhere, anyway, anyhow. Did I just interchange those words? I think they might have been interchanged. <laughs> I can never remember the names. Yeah, I screw this up every time. Today I'm from A to Ziggy. Anyway, anyhow, anywhere. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. Uh, this is the podcast where we listen to and discuss every David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Travis. And my name is Thomas. And we are talking about Anyway, Anyhow, Anywhere um, from the album Pinups, 1973. It's a cover of a song by, um, by The Who. The Who? The Who? The, the name of the band. Oh man! Did you ever did you watch Animaniacs much when you were a kid? That's just what I was thinking. About. Okay, you were thinking. Okay, one of my favorite bits ever from that show that like sticks out of my brain. Yes, yeah. that's slapping like, the squirrel were in there at Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the band on stage? Who? The name of the band? Oh man! So yes, it is a David Bowie cover of a Who song. And interestingly enough, the uh, David Bowie version only came out a few years after the Who version. Is that right? When uh, theirs was sixty five. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, so eight years later. Um, which nowadays, if someone put out a cover of something that just came out eight years ago, we would all be bitching and moaning about how soon it is and how lazy that is. I don't know. We're, there was that guy that did that whole album of Taylor Swift covers. Oh, that was brilliant. Uh, Ryan Adams. Okay. So my cousin's kids are really into Taylor Swift. So for Christmas, my brother-in-law, who loves Ryan Adams, got that the Ryan Adams version of 1989. What did they think of that? Um, I have yet to follow up on that, but I just thought that was the most brilliant move ever because I find Taylor Swift so insufferable. And I kind of, like, Ryan Adams kind of strikes me as a little bit of a prick, too, but, like, I think this is the most brilliant thing ever. Apologies to Ryan Adams if you listen to this. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I don't think you're a brick because you have great taste in podcasts. Yeah. Same to Taylor Swift, by the way, if you're listening to this. But if you're not, um, we feel exactly yeah. the way that we just said. Taylor Swift actually owns a beach house in my hometown now. Yeah. Um, so every summer, like my Facebook page is just like people taking pictures of Taylor Swift out grocery shopping. Like, oh my God, we saw Taylor Swift. Um, and actually, now that I'm looking at the cover of the. Um, of any day now where it's got pictures of him doing uh, the Aladdin Sane shoot. A thing that happens to me every time I go to Newberry Comics is they almost always have the Taylor Swift 1989 album on their leg. This is the popular albums one. And if you're standing far enough back and you have bad enough eyesight, it kind of looks like the cover to Aladdin Sane. Oh, that's too bad. So I'll be like, oh, they got Aladdin Sane on vinyl. And then I like take a few steps closer. I'm like, God damn it, Taylor Swift, you've done it again. Ah. Which I'm assuming it probably was a conscious thing on her part. So, uh, any... What is this song called? I always get the words yeah, mixed up. I mean, we're going to... Just disclaimer, we're going to call this song by the wrong name so any, many times in the course of this episode. Um, anyone? It's uh, any, any Way, Anyhow, Anywhere. So this song originally appeared on the Who album, uh, Meaty, Biggie, Big and Bouncy. So my generation comes from that album. Um, I can't explain. Happy Jack... Kids are all right. So, like, early Who, I, I had this album. I found it at a um, record sale. I mean, a couple years ago, I got this Who album there. I don't listen to it a ton. Like, I listen to it some. But uh, I'm, I'm sure anyone who's gone through that cycle of buying a record player and then just, like, spending money in rummage bins all the time and just amass a bunch of stuff that you listen to and then don't listen to it for a while and then come back to. 
So I've given this a few spins. It's a really good album, but I had kind of forgotten about some of the songs on there. And then when I was listening to this song, I was like, oh, of course it's a Who song. It sounds like every Who song from that era, where it's got a lot of the call and response lyrics and the guitars are kind of loud and sloppy. It's about rebellion. What is it about? Um, I, I didn't, I never, I never really analyzed the lyrics to this one. There's um, not a ton to analyze, it, honestly. It doesn't have quite that depth of a, of no, a it's basically, song. You know, it's basically just like, I can go anywhere, anyway, anyhow. I do what I want. Basically, yeah, it's... Right or wrong, win or lose, I do what I want. Yeah, it's very typical the Who of that time. Okay. Truth be told, I like the Bowie version better. Not a knock on the Who version, the Who version's perfectly, perfectly good. But the Bowie version, the guitars are so much louder. He pumps it up. He does. With a lot of these songs on, on pinups, he pumps, yeah. he pumps it up. He gives it, well, Mick Ronson probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. He, he gives him that edge, that great guitar sound. And for anyone not familiar with pinups, so it is a, it's a covers album. So what, do you, what are your feelings on covers albums and covers in general? I like them when they're not exactly like the original version. I like them, you know more if, if they've got something special about them. Yeah. Because if I want to hear something that's the original version, I'll just listen to the original version. Unless, you know, well, it really depends. I think it probably depends more on which version I heard first. Generally, it comes down to the one that I heard first I like better. Yeah. A lot of, most of the, all of the songs on pinups, I heard the Bowie version first. And I like those versions better. I'm a sucker for a good cover. Yeah. Usually, I prefer it to be something that yeah, it doesn't sound too much like the original. Honestly, sometimes even just a straightforward cover, sometimes it's just interesting to hear a new voice do something that you've heard before. It just kind of breathes a little life into it. One of my favorite covers, and I can, I can, she can't even hear it right now, but I can, I can kind of feel my girlfriend rolling her eyes at me mentioning this, is uh, the Letters to Cleo, just an amazing version of I Want You to Want Me. And I just say she's probably rolling her eyes because I'm always like, I beat into her head how amazing I think Letters to Cleo and Cheap Trick are. So it's just like anytime I mention either of those bands, it's just like, Jesus Christ, stop talking about Letters to Cleo and Cheap Trick. But it's like, it's totally, it's it's almost to the letter of the original, but it's just fresh and different. Because it's a girl singer, so it just sounds <laughs> neat and different. Yeah, I am. I'm a sucker for a good cover. And that's like one of those YouTube wormholes I fall into all the time, is listening to other people's versions of stuff. There's definitely a lot of covers on it. YouTube. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, have to stream. If you want a good laugh, um, Nina Gordon from Veruca Salt does a really quiet acoustic version of uh, NWA Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> if I recall, I think she leaves some of the N words in. Oh boy. So that's a little uncomfortable. But aside from that, I really like it. Some of them, but not all of them. It's been a few years since I listened to it. It's probably all of them. Like, I'm curious, like, when would you decide to leave? <laughs> yeah, I probably didn't phrase that right. I, I think I'm just covering myself because I haven't listened to it in a while and I want to believe that she was smart enough to take most of it out. But yeah, like, it's really, really amusing. Um, one of my favorite covers is someone we haven't brought up in a while. Uh, Beck does a cover. <laughs> you like Beck? Uh, listen to him now, man. He does, he does a great cover of the Skip Spence song, Halo of Gold. Which Skip Spence's original version of it was this weird sort of arrhythmic kind of thing, you know, in a really strange time signature. I'm not even sure if it had a time signature, but it's just like him and the bass guitar making the the, the weirdest sort of noises you can think of. But uh, Beck kind of 
straightens things up and doesn't doesn't change it all too much. So it's still got kind of a weird timing to it, but he makes it fit into a, a rhythmic pattern and makes sense. Uh, does some really cool stuff with it. What else can I say about any way, any one, any flip and do? Um, it's not an overly remarkable song. But some, some great, uh, great, uh, you know, of course, great guitar by Mick Ronson. Yeah. Some great uh, piano work And uh, Mike Garson. One of the notes about this song, so apparently this was one of the first songs to actually have, like, consciously have guitar feedback in it. But it says uh, later on in the paragraph that the guitar feedback, although not the first to be heard on a record, so I guess the first was in the Beatles, I Feel Fine. And I'm trying to think back because I know that song so well. I'm trying to remember which part has the feedback in it. Very beginning. It's like before yeah. the song proper starts, it's just this feedback. Yeah. I'm like, you can put that together, that was... Because usually, because that's the kind of... I, I, it doesn't sound like feedback, like you're... Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's what I'm... It's, maybe that's what's throwing me. So whenever I think of feedback, I just think, yeah, I think of like more of like loud, squealing. squealy. Oh man, the, the 90s rock lover in me really does get, I got a real love for loud guitar feedback. Yeah. It's some drive people I play in bands are crazy with that crap. What if I do like a whole bunch of feedback here? No, stop. <laughs> yeah, and actually, so I guess since the Beatles come up, I'll throw this little unfortunate note in here. So I was actually, I was listening to the song because I, I had my, I just, put a bunch of Beatles on shuffle on Spotify the other day because, unfortunately, George Martin passed away this week. 2016 is killing everyone good. Yeah. Um, although, truth be told, I was a little surprised because I thought George Martin had died years ago. But yeah, God, he must have made it all the way to 90. Well, he, he worked on Love, the Beatles album Love, yeah. the thing that they did for Cirque du Soleil. I think Giles Martin has been sort of taking over the uh, Beatles catalog, remastering, remixing kind of duties. But yeah, a huge part of the whole Beatles story. Like yeah. Produced almost every played song. The, um, yeah, played the solo on, uh, the piano solo on In My Life. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, that's all, that, that's a perfect song. And developed a lot of the sound effects, including the speeding up the piano in, in My Life to make it sound like yeah. a harpsichord. Really sculpted the Beatles sound for so much of their career. Crafted a day in the life. Right. That is the most perfectly produced song. Just a, just a massive song. Like, that's really the only way you can ever describe it. It just consumes you when you're listening to it. And that, yeah, it's just the production. It's incredible. So yeah, that was a huge, huge music loss this week. Yeah. But I also, like, I, I did, because whenever sad things happen, I always find something to make myself feel like I'm a snarky asshole in the heart of it. All I could picture was like nerds freaking out because they thought it was the writer of Game of Thrones. Like I could just <laughs> picture someone like thumbing through and be like, George Martin died, no! And then realizing it was Beatles George Martin. Still being disappointed, but like not anywhere near as day ruining as they thought it was. Oh man, so many spilled bottles of Mountain Dew happened that day. <laughs> oh no! See, so yeah, I guess I guess we fulfilled our quota of having to talk about the Beatles and back in like every episode. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, 2016 sucks. Yeah, you're not doing very well right now. 2016. Ugh, done with you. Anyway, anyway, covers, anyhow. covers and whatnot. I guess I'd be remiss if we're talking about covers albums. Two covers albums that I really, really enjoy. For Record Store Day, Foo Fighters put out an all covers album. Really good versions of Band on the Run. Uh, Life of Illusion, the uh, Joe Walsh song. Um, Not familiar with that. 
You would definitely know it if you heard it. Okay, I might have. It's a great song, and it turned me on to um, the song by the Zombies. This will be our year, which I wasn't super familiar with that song until that. But then I just like played that song over and over and over that summer once I heard it. It's just like such a beautiful song. I love that. Yeah, yeah, such a beautiful song, and it's just a very. It's literally just Dave Grohl on acoustic guitar, and yeah, it's really, really good. And then, I think it was the same year, um, Juliana Hatfield put out a covers album where she does, um, she does a cover of Learn to Fly, but it's like a really slowed down version of Learn to Fly. And she does a great version of Bad Moon Rising. And the one I was most appreciative of on there is um, Ready for Love by Bad Company. Because I've always really liked that song, but really disliked Bad Company. So finally there's a version of that song for me. So yeah, I mean, honestly, if any band I like to put out cover albums, I, I will listen to it. I'm trying to think if there's any cover albums besides Penups that I really like. Yeah, not enough bands do it. Well, there's the ones by uh, the Easy Dub All Stars. Oh yes, uh, that's. I meant to. I was thinking about this earlier. I wanted to bring that up. Yes, Radio Dread. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And then Dub Side of the Moon. There's others that they've come out with that I haven't heard yet, um, but those are fun ones. We should probably wrap up. Wrap up. Yeah. Uh, coverage of any way, any who, any what, any any which way, there, over there, but, but who's... Anything else about this song? So, if anyone can find this, because I could not, the Flaming Lips covered this song, and I really wanted to hear it, but I could not find it on the internet. Um, I probably didn't dive deep enough. I bet someone out there can, but it was on a um, CD from Mojo Magazine. Put oh, out a, uh, those. Yeah, they put out a compilation, Mojo The Who Covered, and Flaming Lips covered this song. And I can only assume it's incredible until someone proves me otherwise. I used to love those magazines you'd buy where you'd get a CD with it. So yeah. Listen to old songs. But, man, it's a good thing anyone young doesn't listen to this because they would be so baffled by that entire sentence. <laughs> there used to be a thing <laughs> called magazines. Magazines with <laughs> CDs. <laughs> I love those. I love those websites with the MP3s coming. <laughs> it's like a website with links that you hold in your hand. Yeah, the whole the whole print media thing, uh, enterprise has has decayed. Much like art has decayed. Which uh, speaking of uh, speaking of which, oh my god, I jumped the gun because we haven't done uh, our ratings for the song. Oh, we haven't done them. Yeah. Oh, but we're still gonna we're gonna edit out that little false start. So yeah, we'll use that job transition. That's beautiful. So, uh, what do you think? I I will give this song. Uh, <laughs> I'll give this song three mangled song titles. Yeah, I'll give it two mangled um, prepositions. It's an okay. It's an okay song. It's a good performance. It just doesn't really capture me. Yeah, yeah. It's just a very typical of that era song. Really, nothing special, but it's good for it's good for what it is. Alright. So man, that was just too good to have <laughs> blown ahead of time. Next song we'll be talking about is uh <laughs> It's a shame that we wasted that transition oh and it is God. now decayed like so much art. Yes. Alright, anyway, join us next uh, next Monday when we'll be talking about art decade or art decade. However you want to pronounce it, although I, I don't know. We'll talk about how we're going to dive into all of that on Monday. Yeah, we're getting we're getting towards the end of the A's.
This is like one of her last batches of A's coming up. Wow. Already. Um, anyway, anyhow. Uh, anywhere. Uh, you can you can contact us anyway, anyhow, anywhere on the internets, on Facebook. As long as it's one of these ways. Yes. Uh, through Facebook or Twitter. Uh, from A to Ziggy. From A to uh, You can leave comments. Uh, tell us what you thought of anyway, anyhow, anywhere. Send us an email at podcast at from A to Ziggy.com. Yeah, join us next week for Art Decay. Until uh, so then, I'm Thomas. I'm Travis. Goodbye. It's true. Let us know what you thought of any of the song. Let us know if you want to be on the show. Come on and talk about some David Bowie with us. You know we love to. Um, come meet our cats who love to get uh, all of our recordings. <laughs> What is that he's playing with? That is a new thing that I've never seen. I've got something like that in my house. It's like a ball inside a track. The Darson is in a circle. It's like a very, just like a long track and catch the bats out of it. Oh, that must be so confusing to them. Yeah. They're simple brains. <laughs> um, anyway, back on track. Yeah. I'm getting distracted here, just like a cat.